But you have to realize that in order for you to get to the next level, you have to take risks and you have to dive right in. Another thing that I really believe when it comes to reaching goals is to hang out with people who literally have what you want. You know, if there's, if you want a new car, if you want really nice cars, I plan on buying a Lamborghini and I started hanging out with people that own Lamborghinis, you know, you know that, that kind of thing. You know, if you want to buy apartments, you have to hang out with people that buy apartments and yeah. even to the level of the apartments that you want to buy. So if you want to buy, you know, 10,000 units, hang out with people that, that have done that. Welcome everybody. Welcome to the Real Estate Rundown. And this episode is called How I Got Started with Real Estate Investing with My Mindset. And our guest today is John Okacha. And he and I are going to discuss how to get started in real estate and how to do it with your mindset. So if you want to develop a mindset it takes for success and find a good team and close deals with your team, first you got to tune in and you got to learn from John Okacha. So you're going to want to tune in guys to the Real Estate Rundown. We'll talk to you in just a bit. Hey guys, welcome back to the Real Estate Rundown. Today, my guest is John Okacha. John, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to, to sharing some, some golden nuggets with you guys. So John, I got I to gotta tell my listeners what we did last time. This is the second time, <laughs> right? This is the second. You guys, you, you're not going to believe this, right? You guys know I like to talk, but John was on the show or John was supposed to be on the show last week and we got to talking and the next thing you know, we burned an hour and a half and we hadn't even hit the record button. I mean, this guy has got knowledge coming out of everywhere. So you guys are really in for a treat because John, uh, I already know John, John is, is a great guy to talk to. He's got great information. So John, let's just dive right in. And I mean, how did you get started investing in real estate? Man, it all started when a really good friend of mine gave me the book Rich Dad Poor Dad. And at the time, I hated reading books. You know, I, I don't even think that there was any book that someone gave me that I actually finished the book, you know, from start to finish. And um, at the time, I was in high school, actually. I was 17 years old. And it was a really good friend of mine. It was after school. I remember like it was yesterday. It was after school where we went to some future business leaders of America I don't know, some, some event that we were looking at joining. And after that, uh, I noticed like this guy, he seems pretty business-like, you know, he, he dressed differently from the other students and other things like that. And he seemed like the things are coming out of his mouth. Like, okay, this guy seems like he's, you know, he's pretty on it. And maybe a couple of days after that, or I believe it was maybe after that, he walked up to me and he said, Hey, you should check out the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I checked it out and I finished the book in three days. <laughs> and, and it's funny right i mean so many people that are involved in real estate got their start with that book you know mm -hmm. and and it's funny because i i, I recently reread it um i read it same thing uh you know 25 years ago or whatever when it first came out and i was really impressed with it and i reread it and i'm like this stuff after 20 years of applying the principles this stuff seems so basic but i remember how groundbreaking and how revolutionary that was uh in just how it changed and simplified the reality of you can you don't have to call it real estate you can call it whatever you want just call it paying your bills right yeah. Call it making you money instead of costing you money and really identifying what an asset versus a liability is. 
So, John, you got started in real estate with that book, but you teased us because you said you were going to teach us how to do real estate investing with your mindset. Yeah, I mean that's that's what it, that's where it started. That's where it started. That's where the mindset started. Um, that it, it taught me a lot of principles of the the whole idea of assets versus liabilities. That those principles, and it also uh, it changed my perspective on who I should hang out with. You know, I should start hanging out with people who are more business oriented, people who have the same vision that I do which was a huge uh, mind shift for me. And when I was able to do that, a lot of opportunities started to open up. So I started going to seminars. And when I started going to seminars, I met my first mentor. And he taught me how to wholesale. He taught me how to wholesale properties. Um, when I was wholesaling properties, even at a young age, I didn't, I didn't let my age get out of me. I got my first property on a contract when I was actually 17. I wasn't legally... I had to get my parents to sign on the contract because I couldn't legally sign on the contract. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad you had your parents sign on it instead of doing your first deal illegally. You know what I mean? <laughs> almost almost illegally, right? <laughs> not that my audience is that big, but you know, we might have a couple of SEC members or an FBI member listening. You know, this would be a heck of a time to uncover the real truth. I think it's time to cut the. <laughs> right. Right. So. So you did your first deal in a wholesale at 17, huh? I mean, that's that's getting after it. That's getting after it young. Yeah. What, did my first deal what happened next? I mean, where, where did that where did that take you? Did a couple of deals with him. And then um, he he brought another side of real estate. You know, uh, at the point, I, I was really just thinking more on the single family side. But he did. He, he planted the seed for multifamily. Like I was on his investor list, even though I was looking for the deals and he was one that was selling the deals. Uh, that's kind of how we, that was our agreement. I would find the seller and he would find the buyer, but he still had me on his buyer's list. So I remember him sending out different investments that were not single family. I remember him sending out some multifamily deals and even a hotel. He was looking to wholesale a hotel and I didn't even know if that was a, a thing. You know, he's like, no, you can wholesale anything. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, you can wholesale anything. <laughs> right. And yeah. that really opened up my mind to a lot of different uh, opportunities. And I started looking into multifamily. But by the time that um, there, there, was, there was a moment where I went to college and then, you know, my parents, I don't know about y'all's, not the parents of the audience, but uh, you know, with, my, with my parents, they're like, hey, you have to go to college. You know, my mom was like, hey, I can't have a kid that doesn't go to college. You know, if, you're, if you don't go to college, like, you know, so I started focusing more on college, not really on real estate. And I actually diverged into wealth management for a little bit, for about a year. And then I, you know, there was a moment where I realized I was like, I, I don't want to do this. I want to do real estate. So I went back into the real estate side. And that's when I started working in acquisitions on the single family side. So I started working for someone who owned over 300 properties, 300 houses. Uh, what happened is I would find all, I'd find all of his single family properties, the ones he would go to fix and flip and, reno and renovate and rent out. So I bought him about maybe 20 properties and within, within like eight months, I bought him like maybe 20 properties. And while I was there, I was actually approached by Elevate. So that's when I started getting on the multifamily side. I was approached by Elevate. I, I was talking to George and Eric and 
within 30 days, I got over 400 units under LOI. And, you know, it's pretty much history from there. <laughs> so, so what I'm hearing you say from the time you hit 17, it, it, you haven't taken your foot off the gas. Pretty much not. And this is a funny thing too, that I see that, that's common with a lot of guests is that they've, they've done multiple things in real estate, right? I mean, you started out wholesaling, then you went to the single family acquisition side. Now you're with Elevate. You've done over 1,700 doors with them, right? I mean, that's no small number. And we're but, also close on uh, another, I believe, 200 units, like maybe next oh, week. excuse me. My oh, no, no, I didn't mean that. <laughs> my numbers are two weeks old. I only have 1,700, right? So, but, but I mean, that's the thing, right? So you're really you know, you, you've kind of found your niche. You knew it was real estate. You kind of, you know, started with, with wholesale. You, you did the single family. Now you're starting to find your groove. I mean, I would think 1900 units in, in, in the period of time that you've been there in a year, you know, that that's finding your groove. I'm just going to go out on a limb. Right. But what, what does that, what does that say about the mindset part of it? I mean, mm -hmm. where are you bringing that back in and using that as your power? On the mindset part of things, so there was a, another book that I read around the same time that I first got started. And this book was called Think and Grow Rich. One of the things that I realized around that time is that I could do whatever I wanted to do. And I firmly believe that. I firmly believe that you know if you want something bad enough that you can have it. Having that mindset really propelled me to take the actions that I needed to take in order to get to where I needed to go. Um, and it also attracted like-minded individuals around me as well that had similar mindsets and had similar missions in life. And it really helped me on that, on that front. Um, and there's a certain mindset that you need in order to achieve the goals that you want to achieve when it comes to being focused, uh, when it comes to being willing to pay the price, you know, it's not, you have to say no to a lot of different things. If you're trying to chase after one particular group, one particular goal um, and to persevere. You know, it's funny. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of people that read the title of that book, think and go rich, but they forget what you mentioned about the action that goes with the thought process. It's yeah. one thing to think about it. It's yeah. another thing to think about what you're going to do to get it and then go get it. So, you know, the massive action that went with that, that's propelled you, that's made you a master at assessing and analyzing properties and market fundamentals and all the things that you do in what you do daily is all because you've told yourself that you can. 100%. And, and that's awesome. Cause, cause I mean, it's, you know, everybody's, I mean, I know people that sit there and they're still going, Oh, I'm trying to figure this out. Right. And they haven't put the action to it that gives them the momentum that it's given you, that's vaulted you to this place that you've come. I mean, you, you've, you've, you've come a long way in a very short period of time, my friend. Well, another thing is you have to dive in, you have to dive into it. You have to realize that you don't know what you don't know and just go for it. You know, you have to dive in, you, you of course, um, you know, assess the risks, you know, you don't want to do anything like really, really dumb, but, uh, but you have to realize that in order for you to get to the next level, you have to take risks and you have to dive right in. Uh, another thing that I really believe 
when it comes to reaching goals is to hang out with people who literally have what you want. You know, if there's, if you want a new car, if you want really nice cars to Lamborghini, you know, I plan on buying a Lamborghini and I started hanging out with people that own Lamborghinis, you know, you know, that, that kind of thing, you know, um, you know, if you want to buy apartments, you have to hang out with people that buy apartments and yeah. even to the level of the apartments that you want to buy. So if you want to buy, you know, 10,000 units, hang out with people that buy 10, that they have done that, you know, and it's, it's very, very interesting because, and another thing I realized is don't really, I try not to ask advice from people who haven't actually done it, you know, cause you can ask. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, but really, no. yeah, that's true. Right. <laughs> if I could give people that one, if, if people ask me for advice and I could give them that one thing, that is it. Right. Don't ever talk to somebody that hasn't done it. And, you know, I'm hearing you say this is the fourth time you've said it, that you hang out with people better than where you're at. People that are where you want to be. You know, it, it says that you're the sum of your five friends. And if you are the top of the chain in that five friendships, then that means you're hanging out with losers. You're hanging out with people that are going to take you in the opposite direction rather than lift you up, teach you things, improve your life. You know, I mean, how are you supposed to know what that fresh Lambo smell smells like unless you're hanging around with guys that got that fresh Lambo smell? Or, or that engine, that engine. Yeah. You got to know how that engine You know, <laughs> so, so, and I, I mean, I understand that so well. And it's so funny because how many people get taken out of the game before they ever get started because they got to the think part. They asked someone that's never going to grow rich part and they never, they, they went and listened to, to poor dad. I mean, all the things that are in those books and all the things that you have not done are what takes out most people. Exactly. And a lot of, and another thing is, especially when you think big and you know, there's a lot of goals that you want, and if the person that you're talking to doesn't have the confidence to achieve the goals that they want, they're going to, and it's one of the things I learned, especially this year and the year before, they're going to try to put their insecurities onto you. They're trying yeah. to they're trying to project their insecurities onto you, which is something that even, even in the business world, even around successful people, there's, there's a, cause there's a difference between success and super success. There, there's a difference. There's a difference between success and super success and, that's one, of, that's one of the things that I realized, like, you know, people will project their insecurities onto you. So it's very, very important to try to hang out with people who have what you want. And it's another thing that's interesting is when you ask someone, let's say you ask someone that has a hundred houses, you know, this guy, there's, there's a guy that has a hundred houses and you ask him, Hey, how do I buy a thousand houses? They'll tell you, well, you know, it's going to take you a really long time. You know, it's going to take you a really long time to do it and you can do it, but you know, uh, you should start out with two buying one house at a time, which is like different things like that. And then you go up to a guy that has a thousand houses or has 2000 houses. And you ask him, how, how do I do that? Like, how do I do it as soon as possible? You know, what, what do I need in order to do that? And he's like, Oh, well um, yeah, you can, just, you can talk to this guy, this guy, you can help you raise money. You can talk to this guy. This is who you should buy from and talk to this guy. He, he'll literally tell you who you should talk to and what the steps you, you need right. to do. But the other guy that you're, that you're talking to will tell you like, yeah, you can do it, but oh, it's really, really hard. You know, just yeah. different things like that. Because his level of success is only here. He does not ha know how to get here. And so you're, you're asking him to do something that he hasn't found possible yet. Or, or even something that he doesn't, he doesn't think he can do. Right. But he'll just right. tell you that. 
you know. You know, and, and, and it, you can take that back to, you know, the four minute mile, you know, for years yeah. and years and years and years, nobody could run the four minute mile. Then all it was sudden, scientifically impossible, wasn't it? That's right. That's, that's right. One guy does it. Now everybody's doing it. Well, except me, you know, I, I like to enjoy my mile a lot longer than that. You know, my miles per hour, a little bit slower, but my time per mile, I get to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I'm the kind of guy that if I'm running, there's something really big and hairy chasing. That's not something. <laughs> that's not, that's or, not something. Or, or running to something, right? <laughs> oh, no, no, I I don't know that. I mean, I don't know that there's too many things that I'll run to. You know, there's only one or two things that I'll run from. But, but you know, John, I hear you saying. I mean that that in a very short period of time, because you have not inflicted your mind with the limitations that a lot of people run into, you've gotten somewhere quite quickly, but where do you think you're going to wind up? Well, I'll tell you what the goal is. The goal is for me to have a fund, um, to have a multi-billion dollar fund, that invests into multifamily and other businesses. Did you say it with the M or with the B? With the B. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, who needs M's when you can have a billion-dollar fund? That's true. I mean, I, I think it's I mean, all I'm, about... I'm, I'm poking a little bit of at a guy that, that got 17, soon to be 1,900 units closed in a year. I mean, you know. Well, I, I just look at it as why not, you know, why not go for it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, really, honestly, that is a good question, John. What would you have to lose? Yeah. Nothing to lose. Yeah. No. And I think, I think it's a lot easier than a lot of people make it seem to, you know, I, so I went to a private equity conference uh, maybe one or two years ago. And, you know, uh, one of the things I do is I always try to keep my goals in front of me. So I wrote, I actually wrote down hedge fund, and, you know, like a billion dollars, like on my computer. So I look at it every single day. And um, maybe about, this is even before I was even at Elevate when I was still in single family. I, I wrote, I remember writing it down, just like looking at it every single day. And maybe about a year, a year or a year and a half after I did that, well, when I was still in single family, um, I went to a private equity real estate conference. And these are guys, some of these guys manage billions in assets. I mean, some of them like are these, some of these guys are institutional, like sovereign wealth fund. I don't even know how I got in that room. I have no idea how I got in that room. Well, actually, I kind of, I know how I got in that room, but. I- <laughs> but there are people that listening will come get you for that. So we'll skip that at this point. <laughs> and, and I got in for free. So I, what I did is I volunteered the tickets to $3,000 or something. Yeah. And yeah. I told them like, Hey, you know, uh, I think I actually just graduated from uh, Texas A&M, but I was like, Hey, you know, I'm still learning and you know, this isn't that I'm still taking courses. So I'm still technically a student. So you should, you guys should let me, you guys should let me volunteer. And so I volunteered with them and I was like passing out like name cards and other things like that. But like during, after the, uh, after the beginning, after, you know, some, we were basically, we were the registration, the registration desk, having people, helping people uh, register, but, you know, at a certain point, everybody was already already registered and you could walk around and go into some of the sessions and different things like that. And I just remember walking to a table, there's two guys, you know, all in the suit, one of them, you know, Rolex on and all that. 
And one of them was an investment banker. And the other one, I believe, was like a GP, like an institutional GP. And they're just talking casually about buying like a billion dollars worth of apartments, just something like that. And I remember just walking up and they kind of looked at me and I'm like, hey, I'm just here to learn. Like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just kind of listening to the conversations and they're like, yeah, I'm thinking probably about a billion. You know, I can ask Susie about it or yeah, I mean, your senator underwriting team or just something like that. And I was like, I'm in the right place. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I'm in the right place. You know, one of the things I do is I calculate what, what you made per hour. So it sounds like you did about three hours worth of work for a $3,000 ticket and learned about $100,000 worth of stuff. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how you calculate it. Your time was well worth the volunteerism. Uh, and uh, you really got your money out of that. But again, back to the mindset, right? Who said you couldn't get in for free? You never thought that. That didn't cross your mind. You just, you found a way to convince them that, I, I need to be a part of this. And the, the funny thing is, all of these things were built on top of each other. So it all started with the mindset. You know, I had that mindset. And then while I was actually interning for, for financial advising, which I didn't want to do, um, there was, I went to a real estate conference, not conference, but it was a real estate breakfast. And it was in Dallas. I remember being in Dallas and it was, it was like a really high end conference. The breakfast was like $60 and I was like 20 or something at the time. $60 to me, it's still, it's still a lot for, I mean, it, it's still a lot for breakfast. It is a lot for breakfast. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, I'm like, and, <laughs> can we just get juice? <laughs> How yeah, much is a cup of coffee if breakfast is 60 bucks? <laughs> yeah. And I just, I just remember, I just remember, um, you know, looking on the computer and seeing how much the ticket was, I was like, should I do this? Like, I don't know. Like, okay, I'm just going to go for it. I just went for it, bought the ticket. And I remember going into the room. It was at some, it was at Park Place in Dallas, which is a really, really nice hall. Really, really nice hall in like one of the richest areas in Dallas. And I just remember walking in. There was, of course, there was nobody my age there. Everybody there had like gray hair, all in suits. They're all sitting down and having breakfast. And it was all like vice presidents of different like real estate companies. They're like, oh, you know, people, people they went around and started like, oh, my name is this. Oh, my name is that. I'm senior vice president of this company. Oh, and I'm just, you know, kind of just like looking around. And um, I mentioned like, yeah, I just, I just graduated from Texas A&M. And like this one guy, like his eyes just like light up. He's like, I'm going to introduce you to everybody and like all the important people in Dallas. That was all I had to do. All I had to do was say, yeah, I'm a student. And um, that's all, that's all, that's all he did. He literally put his arm around me and it was, it was kind of weird to me. I, I just, I didn't really know what was going on. And he put his arm around me. He's like, I'm going to introduce you to all, to everyone in Dallas. And literally walks me up to one of the like most powerful women in real estate. That's what he told me. Like the fifth most powerful woman in real estate in Dallas was like, this is John. You didn't meet this guy. And yeah, it was. And then I met another lady who told me that like, John, you need to go to a ULI event. It was the urban land Institute. And this, at this time they were going to have the national convention in Dallas. And like George Bush was going to speak at like, he was like the keynote speaker, like George, like the former president. Yeah. And um, I was like, okay, I'll go. She's like, you need to go make sure you go. I was like, okay, I'll go. I'll go. So I go. And, you know, I meet all these like institutional guys and different things like that. 
And one of the guys that I met, he was like a vice president at like Goldman Sachs or something. And I was asking it. I was just, I was just, I didn't, didn't even really know that much about real estate or anything. I didn't really know that much about institutional or commercial or anything like that. But I just went anyway. And I would just try to be a sponge and absorb a lot of information. And there was one guy that I walked up to. I saw his tag to like vice president of like Goldman Sachs or something. I was like, okay, I have to walk up to that guy. And, you know, I just walked up like, hey, you know, do you have any advice for someone trying to, you know, find his place? And he gave me a book. And the book was called Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi, and which is one of the best networking books I have ever read. What it is, what it actually it is the best networking book I have ever read. Yeah. I remember reading that book. And in the book, it actually mentioned talking about volunteer opportunities to get it for free. And even talks, even tells you who you need to talk to at a convention or a conference to get to, to know who you should to point you in the direction of who you should talk to, you know? And so, I mean, it, it, this is just things that just built on top of each other. Then, you know, if I never went to that event, I would have never read that book. If I never would have read that book, I never would have thought about going, to, you know, volunteering, just, just, there were just all these things that just, you know, just built on top of each other that all started with just reading one book. And again, it started with the mindset of why can't I, you know, I mean, I've never heard, I've not heard anywhere in our interview, John, where you said, and I thought, I haven't heard that. I have not heard you say that there was a thought involved. You just did. I, I mean, we can play it back and we can listen to it, but I've been trying to figure out where, because I know that in my own mind lurks my biggest enemy, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I know that in my own mind, right before I go to bed or right when I wake up in the morning, that dude is there and he, he reminds me of all the stuff I've done that we can still remember, you know, all the way back through time about how you screwed this up and do you really think that's going to work and why would you do this and and, you know, but I'm not hearing you say, I thought, I'm, I'm honestly not, I'm hearing you say, and I did, and I went, and I, which is very decisive, which is about the mindset of a winner, which is about the people that you hang out with. If you're used to getting into these kind of places for free, getting into the next one for free is going to be a slam dunk, right? It's going to be something that's easy for you after you've done it once, but it wasn't that you doubted yourself the first time. And so I'm hearing you. I mean, I'm just, I'm just soaking this up, listening to your mindset and you don't have a, you have a self-fulfilling prophecy, not a self-defeating prophecy. Your life is based on what you do, based on what you believe, based on what you think. 100%. You are, I mean, you know, so for me to say that you're, I mean, I want to know where I can bet against uh, uh, anybody that says that you're not going to have a billion dollar fund, right? I I mean, I want to lay money on those odds because I can just hear you in what you're saying is all about, I think it, I work toward it, and it happens. It's not even that there's a question. And the thing is, I honestly believe it's a lot easier than what we make it out to be. I think that as people, we just like to overcomplicate things. You know, we we like we like to find reasons why we can't do things. I really, I really do believe we do that. Yeah. yeah. No. I, and I, it, there's something about the human story that that needs misery in it. Yeah. You know, it needs to it needs to worry about stuff. Um, okay, but I'm gonna 
turn this around just for a minute. There's got to be something since 17 that you tried that you failed at. Failed at. Well, I mean, it's funny. I actually don't really look at failure. Okay, you learned a lesson the hard way. How's that? Does that make it? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I 100%. I mean, there's, I made a ton of mistakes. And I think that, but one of the things that I learned is that the people that make the most mistakes are the people that most are the most successful too. You know, Steve Schwartzman that has a, that his goal is to manage 1 trillion in assets under management, I think by like 2026. So he'll be the largest private equity firm that has over has one trillion in assets that's his goal wow he has made so many mistakes i mean in, in, in the beginning of his career he he made he made some bad financial decisions with this one company called blackrock um blackrock and blackstone used to be under the same roof and then you know fall out with the manager he didn't want to give him enough money it was it just didn't make any I, it just didn't make any sense for them to stay together for the BlackRock side to stay together in Blackstone. And now they manage over $6 trillion worth of assets for like wow. different sovereign wealth funds and different, different yeah. things like that. Yeah. So he, I bet he still thinks about that decision today. And he, sure. even, made, and he even made like a, there's one time where uh, there's a man by the name of Michael Bloomberg approached him and said, Hey, would you, you know, would you like to invest in my company? Um, I think it was asking for like a hundred million and Steve Schwartzman was like, Hey, you know, that's just not how our fund is set up, blah, blah, blah. That same stake would probably worth, be worth like 8 billion today. Something yeah. crazy like that. Yeah. So, and, and he'll say, it's like, you know, he'll say, it's like, Hey, I, he thinks that the someone's worth is more judged on, uh, how many, how many losses they don't take, but he, but he's accomplished so much and so much more yeah. than a lot, a lot of the people, but he, at the same time, he's made, a lot more mistakes than other people. And if you look at Babe Ruth, who, who I believe he currently still has the number one uh, home record, home um, home run record. Does he still do currently, or I'm not sure if he still does it. You know, yeah. I'm I'm not a baseball guy. <laughs> but he he had the highest strikeouts right in the entire league as well. And nobody you know, and nobody I, really thinks about that. Nobody yeah. nobody really nobody really thinks about that. But that's the truth. Like. Yep. You know, when, when it came to real estate, you know, my parents, they, um, they bet on me a lot and they, uh, they spent a lot of money on me and I didn't return that money. And I'm still working on returning a lot of that money, you know, just different things like that. Right. And even just different real estate deals, working out with different partners. And then there's some partners that don't work out. And, yep. you know, even like when mentorships and things like that, and you would think this is the best mentor and it's really not. You know, but I think that if you just have the, the right mindset and just keep pressing on, keep your goals in front of you, that you'll just end up there. You know, and it's funny, you, you use the baseball analogy. I remember my dad telling me that same story, right? Uh, he had a friend growing up that played in the major leagues. And, and he said, you know, if you can, if you can hit one third of the time, that's a 0.33 batting average, 0.333. And you will be making millions of dollars. And if in real estate, you only get it right a third of the time, I don't know that you're going to make millions of dollars, but, but you, you still have that same mentality, right? Get up there, swing, take your shot, do your thing. And if you're not going to, then you're not going to have the success that you're looking for, you know? Exactly. And, and I remind myself of that, you know, I just had a deal go south uh, last week, 
you know, and, and it, it costs a little bit of uh, non-refundable earnest money. And, yeah. you know, you're sitting there beating yourself up and, and, and then you're turning it around. You're going, what did I learn? You know, my, uh, another one of my sayings is let's do a post-mortem, right? This, that's kind of a morbid way to look at it, but the deal's dead. The deal's dead. We lost money. We lost time. We lost effort. But what did we learn? This was expensive, but so was Texas A&M, right? Mm -hmm. And what did we learn out of this season of our life? And if we can't find something we learned, then we're not looking, right? Because there's always something you can learn for the effort and the energy that you spent to get to the wrong conclusion, right? Yeah, there's, there's always a benefit. And even, and like I mentioned, the, the dead deal, there was a deal that we were working on for a year. I chased down this broker for four months, just getting, getting the details on a deal that, um, that we were working on. And, you know, we were working on the deal. We had basically all the money raised and then COVID hits. And there's like nothing you can do. Like the bank pulls out, your, your equity pulls out and like the deal just like crashes and burns. And everyone is just like, wow, there was like literally nothing we can do about this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, you do everything you can to, to save it, but you know, um, uh, that's kind of just what happens. Yeah. But the funny thing is, you know, a year later, and now we have the potential to get to get the deal again, you know, and there, and there were people that would call me like, oh, like, John, how's that deal going? You know, just, you know, just you, you get somebody, get, you get some people like, oh, like, how's that deal going? And they know it's not going well. They'll ask you anyway, you know, just different yeah. things like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got friends like, like that. People start talking and all that. But yeah, but, you know, you just have to keep going. You have to, you have to yeah. keep your goals in front of you. You just got to keep going because that's because at the end of the day, like, um, there's always options to get to the goal. And that's another thing that, that I learned, you know, to try to always have a lot of balls in the air, you know, that way, if one of them falls, you know, you could still keep going. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that, and that's back to, you know, grinding, even when you have stuff closing. Yes. You know? Yes. That's, yeah. that's, it doesn't matter what you closed last week to tomorrow's a brand new day and we're late getting there and we got stuff to do and we've got to get it done quickly. So, 100%. so John, let's, this has been a great session. I really appreciate you showing up here on the real estate rundown, but how can people find you and get in touch with you and get in tune with more of what you've got cooking and your mindset and, and everything that's going on over there at Elevate? Yeah, so there's a couple of good ways. Uh, you can reach me on Facebook and on LinkedIn. Uh, Facebook and LinkedIn, you can just search John Acocha. I think that's the name right there. It should be popping up right there. Uh, so that's J-O-H-N-O-K-O-C-H-A. Uh, and on Instagram, you can reach me at Johnny Equity. So that's J-O-H-N-N-Y-E-Q-U-I-T-Y. Look at uh, that. We get a spelling lesson too, boys and girls. Ah, that's pretty mm -hmm. nice. Yeah. We got some try goods. I look at the entire package. You know, try to, just... <laughs> right. no. hey, listen, I understand with a name like Shannon Robnett, you say it fast enough and they just kind of, you can tell because they just kind of look at you, they just pause and then you start spelling, you know? So I, I get it. I get it. Well, John, I really do appreciate you uh, being on the show. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, 
and you know, like I said, this is our second go round. Uh, you're even threatening to visit me here in, in Puerto Rico. And we can <laughs> out some more. So I'm looking forward to that too. I'm putting it yeah, on the air. I'm putting good. it on the show. So it's in there. And, uh, but John, I just really appreciate your insight. You've got so much to give your, your, it's so basic, but it's so necessary to hear it again and again. So John, thanks for stopping by the real estate rundown. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I look forward to continuing the conversation and let's do it. Absolutely. Thanks, John. We'll talk to you guys later. Have a great day.